Dogs of the folks, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up, cause you know about to rip shit up. With these two guys talking sports, you know it's gonna be a good day. This is Backdoor Sports with your hosts, Vasilios and Trevor. It's the one-year anniversary special. Happy anniversary, Trevor. And the same to you. And Alex, you've been here for about a quarter of our shows, so thank you. We appreciate you yeah, no for problem, always man. being a reliable guest, my man. Congrats on the uh, one-year anniversary. Thank you. I think we're thinking about having children now. Oh, that's cute. You should, <laughs> should get married first, though. Nah, man. Make sure it's right. <laughs> Out of podlock is always more fun. <laughs> anyway <laughs> I'm sorry that was terrible but <laughs> anyway uh, hold on one second so anyway to continue or to start off the show really let's talk about the NFL playoff picture and the NFL playoffs are quickly approaching my friends yes they are so Trevor why don't we start close to home, fellas? We'll go with the Baltimore Ravens, currently uh, tied at the sixth seed with Buffalo Bills. But technically, on a technicality, uh, the Buffalo Bills do sit in the sixth seed right now. But if both teams were to win out, the Ravens would take it based on tiebreakers over the Buffalo Bills. I don't see them winning out anyways. No. Bills, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the Patriots, Patriots, right. Patriots uh, it's, it's a loss already. Early, early prediction segment, but you know. Mm-hmm. I think the Ravens went out. I think the Bills lose one game. As long as the Ravens went out, they're at number six seed. And you know, there's a there's another fun scenario that that's brought up. I think it's really the only the Ravens' only other scenario is if the Tennessee Titans lose out, which could happen. Very very much could happen, and the Ravens could take the five seed away and push. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, would Tennessee get the? Uh, Tennessee seed? would move down to the six. Okay, so instead of Going and playing Jacksonville, who's in the three seed now, the Ravens will take on Kansas City in the wild card round. Yeah. Which I would much rather do. Yes. Yeah, most Ravens fans would say they'd rather face Kansas yeah. City than the Jags. Their defense is out like out of this world. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I would love to get another crack at the Jaguars more than more than anybody. But the way that defense is playing right now, the way Blake Bortles is playing, being one of the most effective passers over the last four weeks. Who knew somebody was going to say that sentence this year? I know. Like, kill me, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> did, I, did I just hear you right? To quote Alex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, I think I think the Ravens have a very good shot of, of making a playoff push. If everything lines up in their favor, say the stars align, they can really put it to some of these teams that have less than stellar offenses over the last few games of the season. Yeah, and speaking of not-so-stellar offenses, the Ravens' offense looked like a high school football team you know, the first eight weeks of the season, and since week eight, they're the highest-scoring team in the AFC right now. And you can credit a lot to the defense, but Flacco's picked up the pace. He's actually connecting on deep passes. Mm-hmm. They get the play-action passing game working. Alex Collins has been a, a stud. He's got like five touchdowns in his past five games. So, yeah, things are clicking on all cylinders for the Ravens and right at the right time. Yeah, and, I mean, Alex Collins, a revelation for this Ravens team. And I, I think I mean, he's running the ball effectively. Buck Allen's running the ball effectively. 
Uh, we saw last week that the the Browns were actually able to bottle up Collins pretty well, and Buck Allen picked up the slack. And uh, if both of these guys are running on full cylinder, that's a tough tandem to stop, especially going into January. And you still got Danny Woodhead that you haven't even really seen what he can bring to the offense either yet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got uh, that uh, three-headed monster there in the backfield, and Flacco is finally connecting on all of his on a lot of his throws. And with the way that defense has been playing all year, minus that Pittsburgh game, I think this can be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. Can they knock knock off New England? I don't know. They they have a chance to knock off Pittsburgh with the way they played against Pittsburgh mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, can this team make a deep playoff run? I it's too early to say. I mean, historically speaking, the Ravens have had good fortune against Pittsburgh and New England, both in Pittsburgh and Foxborough, respectively. Uh, I mean, we saw what the Ravens were able to do. I mean, they lost to to the Patriots last time they went to Foxborough was in 2014. Gary Kubiak was the head coach, or not the head coach, sorry, the offensive coordinator, and Justin Forsett was the starting running back. And it was a fantastic year. I mean, the Ravens were up what twice by 14 points, mm-hmm. and they ended up losing the game. And I believe that was the year Rashawn Melvin was the starting quarterback due to all the cornerback or due to all the injuries mm-hmm. in the secondary. So uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this team because Jimmy Smith, uh, we saw what happened the week after they lost Jimmy Smith. Ben Roethlisberger threw 500 yards. That's the game you were talking about. And Antonio Brown at 213. Is, why was Brandon Carr following Antonio Brown the entire game when you had Marlon Humphrey, who was playing a pretty damn good game, especially when he was lined up? Against Antonio Brown. Well, when I mean when I did the analysis with uh, with my buddies Pete Gilbert and Dennis Pitta, we actually when we were watching it, we noticed that Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Carr were just sticking to each side of the field. They weren't really moving around a whole lot, so they were they were divvying it up into zones. They played a majority of zone defense, and Brandon Carr didn't matter what coverage they were in; he was just getting burnt every single time. But when Marlon Humphrey was on Antonio Brown. He had some good moments, especially when uh, when Ben tossed one out. It was a wheel route for Brown, and Humphrey came into the backfield and made a shoestring tackle on Brown. If you guys rec- yeah. recall that play, that was a really good one. But uh, I'm I like I like the way Humphrey's been playing. Another revelation to me is, has been the play of Chris Moore, the wide receiver on special teams and offense, catching a few good passes, <laughs> some from Sam Cook too. This uh, yeah. one from Sam Cook yeah. this season. So, uh, I'm. What, what are you guys taking away from this offensive explosion we've been seeing? Uh, well, starting off with Chris Moore, I think he's the guy that we thought Brashad Perriman could be. Is like you know a spark, a guy that is on the team mostly for depth. You know, in the case Jeremy Macklin doesn't play this week, he's doubtful with a knee injury. So it looks like Chris Moore will get more time. He's proved himself on special teams, which is something Brashad Perriman never had to do. Uh, so Chris Moore already has that confidence built in himself by making plays on special teams, not only on defense, but also on offense, as you said, with the Sam Cook passes and everything. He's caught a touchdown already from Joe Flacco. He's making an impact with the offense. And the coaches and players love him. All uh, Listening to all the cuts from... Their press conference this week, it's been all about Chris Moore. I mean, Marty Morningweg raved about him. Joe Flacco talked about him. Harbaugh was raving about him. It certainly seems like Chris Moore is going to have a big role this this Saturday night. Yeah, and I I mean, Chris Moore has been, like you said, he's been making an impact on special teams. And, I mean, he's very effective as a gunner on, he's on special fast. teams. He's very fast. <laughs> he's fast. He's, he's very, everything we wanted Rashad Perryman to be. 
Very true, and I mean, with with uh, and you you mentioned Jeremy Macklin. I'm really disappointed with him this season. I'm like, I know we we mentioned this before, but Jeremy Macklin it's injury after injury after injury. I mean, I, inconsistent play. I won't at some point. I mean, I honest to God, I hope he doesn't play this week. I I'm, and that's no malintent towards him. But if you're gonna act that way. And if you're going to take plays off and maybe get injured, or I mean just make injuries seem more than they are, maybe you should give other guys on the roster a chance if, if that's the way if that's the way it's going to be with Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, I know a lot of Ravens fans were upset with him at the end of that Steelers game because he got hurt. He didn't go out of bounds on the same play, so the clock's running, and they had to use an injury timeout. So they were one timeout short, you know, coming down the stretch of that game, and everybody's you know, yelling, why doesn't he just roll off the field? And, I mean, I've always said that. Just, you know, if he's on his near his sideline, roll the guy off and, you know, play on. But, um, yeah, Macklin's been disappointing. I, there's no real explanation behind it. He seems kind of lost in the offense. I mean, everybody looked lost the first couple weeks with the Ravens. But, you know, Mike Wallace has come around. He's been making some plays. That one-handed catch uh, the other week was very nice. Uh, Macklin, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's not like... He's lost a lot of speed over the years, like with the injuries. It's not like they're putting him in a different role. He's still kind of that possession guy, mm-hmm. good route runner. He just doesn't seem to be getting open, and he doesn't take advantage of the opportunities when they do throw to him. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, he was the really one of the lone sparks at the beginning of the season. I mean, he had that one touchdown against Cincinnati to start off the season, mm-hmm. and he had a couple of more touchdowns in the ensuing weeks. And as it seems as the Ravens' offense grows, his role or in his confidence kind of shrinks in comparison. Yeah, and that's a big word, confidence, because when you like hear like I'm never at the locker room or in Owings Mills for their interviews during the week, but just listening to it, Macklin just kind of seems like blah. Like it's just mm-hmm. another day going through the motions. I'll answer your questions, but I'm not going to really say much, and he doesn't really bring much energy. To I don't that think he room. likes the. I don't think he loves the game. Uh, I don't know if he loves playing for the Ravens. I don't know about the football aspect of it and loving the game. But when you talk to Mike Wallace, in comparison, I mean, that guy, he's always got a smile on his face. He always, you know, you can hear that smile when you listen to him talk. He has nothing but confidence. I mean, even when they were in that terrible stretch with terrible offense, he's like, well, you know, I'm going to get mine. And they're like, well, do you think you get enough passes? He's like, it's never enough. Like, Whoever you are, whatever receiver you are, however however many catches you get, it's never enough catches, and that's the mentality you do have to have mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. yourself, you know, on that edge and have keep that competitive edge. That's the thing too. You gotta have like a good attitude because if you have a good attitude, there it's it's pretty much been proven better things will happen to you if you have a better attitude about things. And, yeah, I mean, if Jeremy, that's just in life too, yeah, not just football. Right. Yeah, and if Jeremy Macklin just keeps going through the motions. Just bleh. I mean, he's not going to make significant improvement, especially because we only have two games left. Yeah. Well, you never know, man. I mean, we could be dumping on him right now, and he could have a huge game in the playoffs for them, and everybody will be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad we signed Jeremy Macklin. So we'll see what happens. I mean, he's got time to make up for, you know, missed opportunities. But so far right now, easily one of the most disappointing players in the Ravens this season. I mean, Brashad Perriman, how how high were your – expectations yeah, for him. Not very not. high. So, see, in comparison, <laughs> Macklin is the biggest disappointment. See, it was sad because, I mean, I know I'm, sp- I'm speaking for you as well, but we were both Rashad Perryman defenders that first season when he got injured. 
And we were like, oh no, he's going to come back next year and he's going to ball the fuck out. What were you supposed to do? He's a first round pick. We're going to say, he's trash. He was hurt the whole most, year. We most get rid most of people him. did. That's yeah. what most people but did. But he didn't play any football. Like, how can you call him a bust before he plays? Now we've seen him play. He's a bust. We've seen him play, what, two seasons? What, what has he done for us? I mean, he's co- I mean, he always good on his slants. He's a couple touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> but besides that, what has he done to make an impact on the field? I mean, last year he had, Absolutely what, nothing. 500 receiving yards and four touchdowns or three touchdowns or something like that? And this year, I don't think he has more than 100 receiving yards. How or many, more than 20 catches. How many drops does he have? I don't know. Does he have more drops like, than he has catches? Uh, I, that's I, an interesting stat to look up. Look that up for me, man. <laughs> I, I would imagine. I don't know if I'm he would be ugly stat line. If he played as much as everyone else, he would be leading the league in drops by far. But <laughs> since he hasn't played recently, then he's further down on that list. Yeah, that's funny because I remember at the beginning of the season when Brashad Perryman was being targeted a lot. I know he was on par with Odell Beckham Jr. They both had led the league in drops. Yeah. In the first three games of the season, and it was, I mean, that's it's just bad, man. That's that's something the Ravens have never been good at is drafting a receiver that can that can do it all. Honestly, hey, Chris Moore, we just talked about him. He, yeah, he was. I mean, Torrey fourth Smith round pick last year. Yeah, Torrey yeah. Smith. He was. He could catch. He had his problems. He was never really went up for passes, but he drew PIs and he ran past people. He did. He played his role. He did. He did, and that's something Rashad Perriman can't seem to do. Well, they can't find a role for him because he doesn't catch the ball on a quick slant. They haven't been able to get him in space, like in a screen situation or anything, and he's not getting open on deep routes because yeah. they're probably expecting that. So I don't know what they can do to get him involved besides trying to get him in, you know, involved in the shorter game, but. You don't need to. I mean, you got Woodhead, Chris Moore, like we said. Ben Watson had a big game last week. He's had an expanded role in the offense. And the running game, they've been relying more on the run. So I don't think it's necessary that they even need Brashad Perriman. Did they ever need him? I mean, I guess, yeah, because the receivers weren't that great. But he, he he's clearly uh, needs probably a change in location or something. Absolutely. 63 yards on the year. 60. Three yards. I yeah. cannot find the drops, but he is 63 yards, zero touchdowns. Yep. I, a couple of weeks ago, me and Dan did this uh, over-under of who has more receiving yards than uh, Brashad Perriman. Mm. And David Johnson, the guy that got hurt before halftime for the Cardinals in the very first game of the season, had more receiving yards than Brashad Perriman on one catch in half a game. <laughs> and I think that now he's up to 63. He's past that because it was like a 57-yard catch, but... I mean, that just tells you how bad of a season he's having. Mm-hmm. No, it's, that's for sure. I mean, that's it's awful. Like, I mean, when you're a healthy scratch as a wide receiver where the Ravens are, incre- are somewhat weak at currently, that doesn't that go to show what the coaching staff and what the fans and what everybody else thinks of you? Well, at a certain point, you got to punish them, right? You can't just yeah. keep shoving them out there yeah. and have them drop passes and, you know, be terrible. you got to, I mean... Sometimes benching a guy instills confidence, kind of puts a chip on his shoulder, like I have something to prove now, and I guess that's what they were hoping for with Prashad, and it's obviously not working. I feel like it's he still hasn't done anything. Yeah, I feel like now, I mean, backfired. maybe it was a detriment to his confidence. I feel like dropping most, the ball a lot, it also <laughs> lowers your confidence, I too. feel like most things are a detriment to his confidence. Yeah, <laughs> and then you, got, then you got that concussion, so he was out that one game. and Maybe just something's not right up there. Who knows? Yeah, his confidence. I, I just I think that he just does not have any faith in himself. He doesn't believe in himself. He probably hears all the chatter with the fan base. 
Uh, he was on the Scott and Jeremy show for like the first seven weeks every Monday, and I'm sure he heard all the people saying, "Oh, I'm surprised he didn't drop the call," and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there, it, there was nothing but negativity around that interview every time he was on, and I'm sure he heard that, and that can't do anything good for your confidence. Absolutely not. But I kind of wanted to to move to a different topic before we get on our first commercial break. So I was listening to the last call by Terry or with Terry Ford last night. And he brought to my attention because I was on my I was on my way home, and he uh, I saw Star Wars last night, which was great, by the way. Nice, I saw it on fantastic, right? Fan, right? Fantastic. I went with like a ten friends, and it was like it was a great time. But anyway, as I was on my way home from that little that little thing, Terry Ford was talking about Rob Manfred and how he was getting into a heated argument with Dan Lebetard, mm-hmm. and I I listened to it and the the say the. Portions that Terry played, it sounded like Rob Manfred had the upper hand. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know because he not necessarily lied, but he definitely used lawyer speak mm-hmm. where he was like, give me a yes or no. And he mm-hmm. pauses and he says, well, we never got specific player specifics from the owners. Yeah. We, we don't dictate what they do with their payroll and everything. And he wouldn't he wouldn't give him a yes or no answer, and that's a little shady. And then later on in the interview, he basically admits to saying, you know, it's okay to tank an MLB because yeah. the Astros did it, so everybody else can do it. And it's like, no, dude, there's so many mid market teams in baseball. There's a lot more mid market teams in baseball than there are large market teams. Mm-hmm. And if every mid market team did what the Astros did, that's half the the league playing bad baseball. And you have four mega teams. I mean, do we want this turning into the NBA? No. Not, no, I, I don't. That's that's the thing about baseball is 162 games is a long season, and at any point in time, a team can go on a run and go to the top of the standings. Sure. If everybody's tanking, then you got five great teams, and everybody else is just meh. I I, I don't know. It's just it's yeah. one thing for a fan to say it's okay to tank, but it's another thing to when it's Have the commissioner. MLB commissioner telling people that it's okay. Yeah, and that's the thing too, like. After I, after I heard all that on Terry's show, I got home and I just looked at the entire the entire interview, mm-hmm. and Dan Lebetard smoked him. Like he just like the the questions he made Rob Manfred look for cover. Like Rob Manfred was was trying to like you said fend it off with lawyer speak. Yeah, but and and I think that shows a weakness as the as the MLB commissioner, and that's not a good look for the MLB commissioner. Yeah, well, he probably knew more than he let on. Absolutely. Prob- I mean, he, there's, like Dan said, Dan Lebetard said, like, there's no way that you knew Derek Jeter and his group were buying this team and that you didn't think that they were going to cut payroll. Like, you see the numbers. You see mm-hmm. what they're working with. Like, they spent all their money to buy the team, but they don't have money to run the team, and... Clearly, you know the only way to lower that budget is to get rid of those stars. So, I mean, it's putting one and one together, but maybe they didn't tell him specifically they were going to do it. But you could assume. I mean, come on. You know what's going on, Manfred. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of that, honestly, we never even talked about, we never had the chance to talk about because we didn't do a show in a while, Giancarlo Stanton going to New York. Yeah. I mean, what is there to say? There's nothing to say. Bless the you, the Yankees are building their next dynasty and they're doing it with young power. Giancarlo Stanton needs to stay healthy though. This year yes. he had a monster year but he's had a history of being injured. I mean the one year it's not his fault he got cracked in the face with the fastball and he had to get jaw reconstruction surgery. Mm-hmm. But yeah I mean they're they're going to be scary man. I mean they got the power, they got the defense they have the bullpen. It's mm-hmm. just they got to get that starting pitching coming around but 
That guy Severino looks like a stud. Yes, he does. And I mean, that's we we all heard from from folks last season, uh, Orioles fans, Boston fans, Yankees fans. Like, and even other fans around the MLB, they're like, "Oh, I can't hate the Yankees. They didn't go out and buy all of their players. They home grow. They, they had these homegrown players. Now everybody they just hates traded the everyone. They didn't homegrown grow anything. They traded for other people's homegrown talent. <laughs> but see, now now they started to buy again, and now everybody hates the Yankees again. Yeah. Well, they didn't really. I mean, they they took on Stanton's well, contract, but they didn't yeah. technically buy him. Well, they they, they sent over. You know, a, a bag of balls over to yeah. Miami. You get what I mean. Yeah, though. yeah, I, I get what you mean. And, you know, sticking with this topic, the Orioles, they need to do something. Manny Machado's name's been talked about in trade talks. Well, I'm sure you want right. to get to this later. E- no, easy there, Haas. The Orioles will start doing something in February. We all know. Yeah, they'll sign Tim Lincecum, <laughs> and he'll be the savior of Baltimore. Tim Lincecum. <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee it. He, if he signs the team, it'll be with the Orioles. You think You think he'll, uh, he'll go maybe win 25 games? No. <laughs> no. He'll be like Wade Miley. Oh, God. He'll, no. he'll so. throw 92 and below. <laughs> and he'll have a decent off-speed pitch, and he'll probably walk a lot of people. True. Like so, like Mr. Garso says, we want somebody who pitches like Wade Miley, but it's not Wade Miley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's, it's rough, man. I mean, because like the state of the AL East, like you look at it, the Red Sox and Yankees are like loaded with not only stars but young stars, so they're built for the future. David Price had a down year last year, but he's still signed for another couple of years. Mm. Obviously, he's going to bounce back. They still have Chris Sale under control for three more years. So what are the Orioles doing to counteract that? Are you just going to stay with the status quo and have two starting pitchers and play three minor league guys and see if they can figure it out and stick with that home run or nothing offense? Or do you get rid of a guy like Manny Machado and get a giant haul? And before the Britain injury, you could have packaged those two together and got a giant deal. But... I don't think they were willing to do that. No, and and that's that's the, that's the strange thing too. And like the or as as someone who's watched this team, because growing up, I really had no interest in the Baltimore Orioles because there was nothing to watch. They were so bad when I was a kid. I never got like really into watching. It. And you know, you know, it was the same thing for a lot of kids when they came back into when they had that resurgence in 2011, mm-hmm. and they really started playing out of their minds. And that's what got my attention. That's what got the attention of a whole other generation of fans. And now that they're just pretty much sticking with their plan that got them where they are and just off uh, off chance they had a couple of pitchers that knew or that came out of nowhere to have good seasons that year. I mean, it's not going to happen every year. Not, yeah. for the, not for these Baltimore Orioles. I mean, 2014, they had Bud Norris and Miguel Gonzalez have yeah. career years. They both yeah. won 15 games. And they were low-budget signings, nothing flashy in the offseason. I'm sure when they were signed, everybody's like, who? Yeah. W- wh- why? <laughs> but they panned out. But yeah. And ever since then, it just seems like Dan Duquette and Angelos have this mindset of, well, that worked, so let's just keep doing that. Because yeah. why would we pay more money for guys that might not pan out? But... At some point, you have to shell out the money. You have to take a risk. You got to do something. I mean, there's guys, there's fringe players getting signed right now, and there's no rumors of the Orioles talking to them. And I don't want to hear that BS about nobody wants to pitch in the AL East, nobody wants to pitch in Camden Yards because it's a small ballpark. That might have something to do with it. But if you give them a good enough offer, and if they think they can win with that offense, then why wouldn't they sign? Yeah. But you have to at least make a concerted effort, and I haven't even heard anything about them trying to sign these guys. Yeah, and I'm tired of the Baltimore Orioles just trying to be competitive. I want them to try to win something. I want them to get to make a deep run in the playoffs again 
find their way back. I want them to try to go for the throat of the that's, MLB. That's what they've been doing for like the past three years, though. We're going for it. We're making the trade for a Gerardo Parra. He's going to yeah. put us over the top. We're Whoa. going for it. Watch out, yeah. Gerardo Parra. Yeah, we're trade Eduardo Ooh. Rodriguez Seth for Smith. Andrew Miller for a couple months, and we're going to go for it. And we didn't make it. And nope. next year we're going to go for it again. And, like, you can't just keep – like, I, I get it. I was with them. I was on mm-hmm. board the past three years of going for it. Yeah. But at this point, you're at the juncture where Manny's a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. Buck – contract is over after next year. Dan Duquette's contract's over next year. Good Adam Jones's contract is up next year. You have a lot of big faces on this organization that might not be here next year, and if that's the case, you got to start planning for not just next year, but two years, three years, four years from now. Anything to add, bud? No. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was... Uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking over the playoffs right now. That's that's where mine. That's this where is where mine. Playoffs right now. Let's <laughs> talk about playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> anyway, I'm but so we win a game. Speaking of Cleveland, <laughs> <laughs> true. But hey, no. Like before, like we're gonna go to break right after I mention this. But the like the Orioles, they signed Darren O'Day last season or the re-signed Darren two years ago, two years ago yeah. with with Chris Davis. Mm-hmm. Same time. The, and they could have given Andrew Miller the same amount of money, and they could have kept Andrew Miller. Yeah, they got and they very could have just content. kept Eduardo Rodriguez too. Just let Miller walk. You didn't need to trade him. No, you didn't. And that's what pisses or, no, me they, off. No, they traded Rodriguez for Miller. That's that's Sorry. what that's what pisses me off. I think they, they make these bad deals and they get screwed in the end. And that's what I loved the Miller doing. trade though when it happened. I mean, he was oh, I love that too. Dominant. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I love but the But they didn't trade. re-sign them. They didn't even no. make, it, make an effort to do it. No, that's what I'm saying. If they yeah. did that, they would have their bullpen was already good. Mm. Andrew Miller made it great. Yeah. And with that, we're going to head to our first commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to have our NFL picks for you. We're going to have we're going to talk some more of the NFL playoffs. This time the NFC playoff picture and then we're going to talk uh, well, it's holiday, what else? Manny Machado. Special. Yeah, Manny Machado. <laughs> it's also a holiday special, so I think we'll lead out of here with a Christmas carol, right? No. <laughs> you're, you're alone on that one. <laughs> all right, I shit. I will not sing. All right, all right, all right. All right, we'll be back with more Backdoor Sports here on WBLZ Sports. You ready? You know it. Lines are open. Now, now let's, let's face off. off. You want to get your opinion out there? Just remember, it's your opinion. All you have to do is call in. Starting at 6 p.m. Sunday through Thursday to face off with... Brenda. And... Phone. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. What's up, friends? Denton Day here from In My Opinion with Denton Day. Do you like D.C. sports or hearing D.C. sports fans suffer? What about lukewarm hot takes on all of professional sports and pro wrestling? If you do, be sure to check out my show, In My Opinion with Denton Day, Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here only on WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer painting and pressure washing. 
interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Want to rock out with a sports talk show that gets your mind churning throughout the course of a week, that gets you energized about the world of sports on a day-to-day basis? Well, tune in every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. to Making It Big with The Fuse on WBLZmedia.com. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he didn't kill somebody. About noon, just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. I gotta get drunk before the day begins, before my mother starts bitching about my friends. About to go and damn near went blind. Young niggas at the pad throwing up gang signs. Ran in the house and grabbed my clip with the Mac 10 on the side of my hip. Bailed outside and pointed my weapon. Just as I thought, the fools kept stepping. Now, here are this week's NFL predictions. Just don't ask them to predict more than that. I let the Alpine play, play, play. new shit buying WA. It was gangster, gangster at the top of the list. Then I played my old shit. It went something like this. Cruising down the street in my 6'4". Jocking the... We're back again. And this is an episode of Backdoor Sports, our one-year anniversary slash Christmas special, if you will. Uh, I'm your host, Basilios. And I'm your host, Trevor. And, of course, with us, we got our boy, Alex Woodward. What's good, buddy? Not much, man. Happy holidays to everyone out there. Happy holidays, indeed. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. Uh, I mean, the Happy season. Kwanzaa. Yeah, that yeah, works. So, yeah, there you go. But um, anyway, <laughs> getting back to it, why don't we uh, go ahead and do our NFL predictions segment? Okay. So let's do it. Let's just do it. Don't let let your dreams be dreams. (laughs) The video does it justice, though. Just the audio doesn't do enough. I know. Do it! Just like veins bulging (laughs) on your neck. Anyway, (laughs) Trevor, do you have the schedule in front of you? I do indeed. Let's start with the Indianapolis Colts at Baltimore Ravens, our Saturday night, our Thursday night football on Saturday night, the special. Um, I'm going to go Ravens. I think they went out. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Ravens as well. I'll be at that game, and it'll be super exciting to watch that. Ravens are thirteen and a half favorites. I don't think I've seen them that heavily favored in a while. Easy yeah, win. I don't. I don't think I've seen them that heavily favored either. All right, and we get to the other Saturday night game: the Minnesota Vikings at Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers now on IR. Minnesota has a playoff spot locked up. I'm going Minnesota here. Definitely is playing out of this world right now. Definitely, and so is that defense. You got to go Minnesota in this matchup. Yep, I agree. Their defense is is playing out of their mind, and Brett Hundley is nothing to write home about. 
Not, not at all. And I think there's another gimme right here. You have Tampa Bay, Carolina. Carolina. Uh, yeah, Car- I mean, I, I like the way Tampa Bay played last week against the Falcons, but, but it's on. still a Falcons come team on. suffering from a Super Bowl hangover. I think Carolina's the better team in this matchup. Mike Evans finally awoke from his fantasy football slumber, but they're still going to lose to the Panthers. Yeah. Too little, too late. Yeah, especially right. for me. <laughs> Did you lose last week? Yeah, but not because of Mike Evans. I lost because of Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin. Oh. They combined for like five points. Oh, man. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> Moving on. Next matchup. All right. The Damn. Cleveland Browns at the Struck Chicago Bears. Do the Cleveland Browns get their first win? No. Nah, I'm going Chicago Bears. I think Jordan Howard has a day. I think Tariq Cohen has a day. Everybody has a day on that Bears squad. Okay. I'm going with the Browns. It's happening this week. It's happening. It's happening this week. <laughs> you know, I thought it was happening last uh, week when the Browns went out to a 7-0 lead against the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, well, the Ravens' defense is a lot better than the Bears' defense. Yeah. And Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, he doesn't make many mistakes, but he's not going to go out there and be a world beater. No, so I, I, think the, I think the Browns have a good chance. they got a pretty good running game, as we saw with Alex mm. Collins last week. Or run defense, not run game. Well, yeah, Crowell and uh, Duke Johnson, I don't know. Crowell. I, I just, Crowell, Crowell. Crow Wheel, whatever his name is. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. matter. He plays for the Browns. Until they get a win, you they don't matter. the Browns to win. Exactly, because they're going to win this week, and then they will matter. <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you. Right. Do the Browns go 0-16? They play Pittsburgh after this game. Do they go 0-16? Browns go 0-16. The Browns are going nope. 0-16. The win comes this week. Nope. 0-16. 0-16, calling it. All right, we have Detroit at Cincinnati. I'm going to go Detroit here. Cincinnati has... Uh, just not show me any signs of life this year. Um, They've given AJ, up. AJ Green is not AJ Green. Andy Dalton. Uh, it's just not playing like he used to. I want to go Detroit. Yeah, I'll go. I'll take Detroit too. I mean, this is a team that's given up. You know, your coach is leaving at the end of the season. Uh, you got to go Detroit here. I mean, Detroit's coach might be gone at the end of the season uh, too. I think. Uh, I think Jim Caldwell. Though? I think Jim Caldwell might be gone. He's he's definitely a coach on the hot seat. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they've had winning records at every year he's been there, so I don't know I mean, so, how hot the seat is. Well, true, but, I mean, you got to think about it. So did Denver when they got rid of John Fox. Yeah, but was that the right move to do? I mean, they yeah. won a Super Bowl after yeah, they yeah. Are the Lions going to win a Super Bowl if they get rid of Jim no, Caldwell? they could. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, yeah, they I'm, ta- I'm taking the defense Denver had. Yeah, I'm taking the Lions. Uh, Marvin Lewis basically said, you can't fire me, I quit. And True. the whole team is like, well, Deuces. we quit too. <laughs> True. So getting back to Cincinnati and Cleveland, remember your prediction earlier in the year? Oh, that's Cleveland Cincinnati. Would, Cincinnati would have Cleveland a worse would record. finish ahead of Cincinnati. I think. I think they're. I think they're getting that done right now. Yeah. At 14. <laughs> yeah. Well. I think they're ahead of a lot of teams there. You know, I, I will stand my ground. I regret nothing because <laughs> all everybody thought the Browns would be a better team than they are this year. I, I thought they would be too. But you know, it's Cleveland. They're yeah. the Browns. You can't say your predictions. You're. you're you can't get your hopes. Too they don't high. have real players, guys. They don't. That's what John Dorsey said. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, <laughs> hey, Josh Gordon is a real player, if you ask me. True that. As, Isaiah Corral has his moments. Oh, and don't just ask me about Josh Gordon. Ask uh, Demarius Randall. They got into a Twitter beef, if you guys saw oh, that. Oh, I missed one. that. Uh, it, it was great. Uh, I think Terrell Pryor got in on it, too. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Terrell Pryor was like, was like, Demarius, shut up! You were playing zone all day against against. Uh, Terrell Pryor, you shut the hell up! You can't catch a pass. <laughs> He's on the Redskins, reserve right the Redskins now. version of Brashad Perriman this year. Ooh, and then we're the oh, same number. Yeah. Ooh. Low, low. Low, oh shit! That was a nut shot right there. Anyway, I, no regrets. 
You killed my fantasy <laughs> season and my Redskins season. Hate you, Terrell Pryor. Yeah, no, see, my <laughs> my hatred goes towards Deshaun Watson's ACL, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing you could do. See, about I could that. say mine goes towards Zeke. But no, I, mean, I love Deshaun Watson as a person and a player. He's great, but shit, the fucking killed my season. Killed anyway. Season. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Let's keep it going. Let's go to Miami at Kansas City. Ah, uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. Da Chiefs. Da Chiefs. All right, we're all going to Chiefs. Uh, nice clean sweep. We have Buffalo at New England. Can we get another clean sweep here? Yeah. I guess we're all going Buffalo here. Buffalo does play them well in Foxborough. I'm going Buffalo. Yeah? I'm taking Buffalo. I'm taking New England. All right. Enjoy that Buffalo loss. But I might, I might also in, I'll, en- I I'll enjoy that Cleveland loss too. I'm, I'm, doing, <laughs> yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to gain points here. Yeah, yeah me you, too. You, you can't do anything if you pick yeah. all chalk. Me so too. Atlanta at New Orleans. Atlanta won the first matchup. Uh, a game behind New Orleans right now. Uh, tight race in the NFC South. I'm going to go Saints. Yeah. I, I just like the way Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara are is, playing right is now. Is Kamara back? And he's, is he, he healthy? He's back last week. He's back, back last week and had a touchdown. Week. Okay, cool. I, I, I just didn't know how his workload was going to be. for me last week, so. All right, so uh, I will, I mean, I think I think Atlanta's going to perform a little bit better in this game than they did in the, fir- in the first matchup of this season where uh, Matt Ryan had three interceptions, mm-hmm. should have been four. They still won. They did, which but. which was pretty crazy because Drew Brees had a, had a pick and it was a flying Deion Jones interception. Uh, I will go the Saints here, but I think it'll be a closer game. I really do think it'll be probably like a field goal decision here. Fair enough. I'm rolling with the Saints. They're hot as can be. Yeah, same. All right. Moving back to the AFC, we have the L.A. Chargers traveling to New York to take on the Jets. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the home team here. I'm gonna go with the Jets. I will as I will take the Jets as well, I, and this is something I've been saying all goddamn season. And we've had this discussion, I think, for a good like fifteen minutes on this show before, Trevor. The Chargers are a joke. I don't give a shit who hears it, because I had this prediction at the beginning of the season: the Chargers were going to implode. Now, sure, their record doesn't reflect that, but the way they play, the way the AFC is this season, nobody's going to have that bad a record outside of Cleveland. Because the if this if the AFC had the skill level of the NFC, the Chargers would only have three or four wins right now. And I'm not I'm going to keep harping on this because everybody thought that the Chargers were going to go in and beat the Chiefs, dude. I'm sorry, you're yeah. not where you're not even on the same skill level as the Chiefs. Melvin Gordon's good, Philip Rivers is good. You have good players. But you can't manage to get anything together. You haven't been able to manage to get anything together since LaDainian Tomlinson left. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Screw the Chargers because, and screw everybody that thought they were going to win in anything because I was right, they were wrong. I'm taking the Jets in this matchup. Couldn't disagree more. Chargers are like second or third in the league in sacks, so don't tell me that they don't have talent on defense. I didn't uh, say that. Keenan Allen is a stud. He's had like 10, 10 catches, over 10 catches in like 100 plus receiving yards in How many like five wins does he straight have? games. Well, yeah, no one player doesn't win a game except for quarterbacks because we put all the wins and losses on quarterbacks. But the Chargers have the best chance at making the playoffs, in my opinion, more than the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. Chargers, Chargers remaining schedule. They play the Jets this weekend, which I think they can win, and they play the Raiders the following weekend. Which they can win. The Bills play the Patriots, who they probably lost. We all, we all agree that they're going to lose this week. Well, actually, you picked Buffalo, but whatever. Um, 
Everyone with common sense picked. <laughs> and then you have the uh, the Titans who played the Jags and the Rams the last two weeks. They're probably going to lose both of those games. If the I think the Chargers can beat the Jets this week, and they can beat the Raiders next week. That puts them at nine and seven. That's a tiebreaker with them and the Bills. And I don't know who has a tiebreaker. Uh, depending on head-to-head and everything. I don't know if they played head-to-head, but the Chargers are still in it, man. And that offense can score points and they can get after the quarterback. That's a recipe for success for winning in the NFL. They are, and I know we had this discussion, and I agreed with you earlier in the year, but I retract my statements of the all the negative statements I said about the chart, most of them. They have proved me they're seven and seven right now. We I thought they'd be sitting here, what, 14 games a year? I thought they'd be sitting at about 3-11 and 11 or something like that. But with the way they played this year, they are. I think they're a legitimate AFC team. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? No. I mean, I like Phillip Rivers, but I don't think he's the best quarterback. But he is a pretty damn good quarterback. And I think the Chargers have really shown us something this year. And they're still in the race. They were in the race for the AFC West before this past week. So I'm going to take back anything negative I said about them because they proved me wrong this year. They're playing better than my Broncos, too. So... I'm not going to take anything away from the Chargers, but I'm picking the Jets this week. Yeah, they're one game behind the Chiefs. They they can yeah. they they can still make. I the still playoffs. think Kansas City wins this, this division, but they, okay. the Chargers can make the playoffs in a wild card. I think the Ravens and Chargers can get in as two wild cards. I think the only thing that's a joke about the Chargers is the fact they started off 0 and three, and it was all because of their kicker, and that's just yeah. sad. I mean, that that's you missed that field. It's goal. almost comical. Week yeah, against Denver. Yep. Uh, but, but I mean, rest the rest of their team, they have talent. I mean, no, they have talent. The I'm AFC is they weak. They, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm AFC's saying if weak. the a- AFC was stronger, the, Ch- or the Chargers would not be in this position. Neither right would now. the Ravens, though. No, they wouldn't. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the Ravens are going to go out and knock the lights out if the AFC was stronger. But I'm saying that that's the thing. The AFC this year makes a lot of teams seem what they are not. They're, the AFC is making the Ravens look like. Look like they're the well, they're not the two thousand Ravens, obviously, but they make them look like a lot stronger than they are offensively and defensively. The Chargers are out there with Melvin Gordon and, and Philip Rivers slinging the ball around to Keenan Allen. Yeah, Keenan Allen's a good wide receiver. I will not take that away from him. He's elite. He when when healthy, when healthy, when yes. healthy. And I will, but and I will also say Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are a couple of the best pass rushers in the league. Right, right that's now. why they are top five in sacks this year. Yes, and but see, that's the thing, when like when you're going against like obscure competition, that's what tends to happen. You tend to be higher up in the rankings. I guess. I mean, you can make the same argument against the Ravens, though. They lead the league in takeaways, but they've played like seven of their thirteen games against backup quarterbacks. So you can. I will, Skew whatever yeah. stat you want to fit an argument, but the fact remains the Chargers are still in the playoff hunt and they're not. And that, that's the thing. I will never, I will never deny anything you say about the Ravens because everything you're saying is true. Yeah. And I'm going to stand my ground with this because someone came at me early in the year when I wrote when I wrote my article about which teams on on Russell Street Report about which teams would be hit hardest by injuries. And Chargers were, I believe, my number two or number three team. I just pulled it up. Uh, they were my number two team. Mike Williams, Forrest Lamp were both going to be uh, – those injuries are going to be problems, which we still haven't seen much of Mike Williams. Does he exist? I don't think so. <laughs> I actually don't think so. Yeah. But uh, – so, so I guess somebody deleted the Facebook comments, which is a shame because they were pretty great. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, anyway. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, like – 
I don't think the Chargers make it to the playoffs this year, and I think I think their team is not doesn't have enough talent. I think they have less talent than the Ravens do, and have less of a chance to make a push. That's just my opinion. But anyway, moving on to it, we got our next match. Trevor, what we got? We have the Rams and the Titans. I'm going to take the Rams. Um, they're, they're looking good right now. Yeah, I, I looks like we got that NFC West one locks. I, I will go with the Rams as well. I mean, you had Todd Gurley with one one fifty three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown last week. Absurd. No, no running back has done that. I believe. I think one of those. Uh, LT did it. LT, and then I think oh, Gail Sayers was another one. Mm-hmm. So he's in good company right there. And Todd Gurley's doing amazing things with Jared Goff on their center. Why did the Redskins let Sean McVay leave? He's clearly the savior of that franchise. He could have been the savior in D.C. Rams win. Could have been. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rams take that one. Who's next? All right, speaking of D.C., we have the Broncos at the Redskins. I will be there, too. The ugliest game on the slate this week, probably. Oh, my yeah. God, it's going to be awful, uh, but, yeah. I'm going Redskins, and it's not just because I'm a Redskins fan. The Broncos just suck. Their defense is supposed to be great, and it's not. C.J. Anderson finally had a good game last week, but it was against the Colts. So what does that tell you? I mean, the Redskins' defense isn't is comparable to the Colts' defense. But I think the Redskins put up some points, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an ugly game. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's going to be pleasurable to watch, but the Redskins pull it out. I'm taking the Denver Broncos this week, uh, not because I want to go fly in the face of your Washington pick, but <laughs> it's just the way it's been looking. I mean, Denver, after giving up, having those two games where they gave up, I think, more than 30 points, their defense looks to be back, getting back into form. Von Miller's looking as dominant as ever. Shane Ray's starting to come into his own. Um, and C.J. Anderson is really starting to turn it up. And with all the injuries that have been blighting the Redskins this season, especially this late in the season, I think I think the Brockett shit takes off if he's starting. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Broncos. Give me Broncos. I mean... There's really, there's really not much to this game. I mean, there's no excitement behind this. Um, no playoff implications anymore at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Denver here. You said the Brockett shit. Yeah. going to take off. Are, are these two coaches fighting for their jobs? I don't think Jay Gruden should be fighting for his job. No. But, but it, he is. Yeah. And I think... And when it comes down to Vance Joseph, I think I think maybe John Elway's thinking maybe this was a mistake. season. If they finish seven and nine, he's in a better position than if they lose out, finish five. They're not making the playoffs either way. No, I, yeah, but I, if I, they can win out and prove, Vance Joseph can prove something, then he's not that much on the hot seat. And I think John Elway also has something to prove now. He built a good defense a couple years ago, but now can he build a new offense? Can he find the right quarterback for this for this offense? Because it hasn't been the same offense since Peyton left. Yeah, and there's no Peyton waiting on the free agent market. So, uh, Broncos, uh, Redskins, Broncos. So, what we got next? The Giants at the Cardinals. Both teams obviously out of playoff contention. I'm going to go Arizona. Uh, I'm going to go with the New York Giants. I think Eli Manning has been on a tear recently. We saw what he was able to do against a usually stout Philadelphia Eagles defense last week, given under center for the Eagles, Nick Foles was playing, and he came back to win the game. But Eli Manning, after coming back from being benched the one week, he looks like he's got something to prove. Yeah, I'm going Giants. I just I don't think Arizona's offense is that great. Um, Blaine Gabbert doesn't scare you. Nah. The Giants have been playing better football recently. And like you said, they played the Eagles tough the other week. So, All right, we have the return of Ezekiel Elliott, Seattle at oh, Dallas. Oh, shit! Um, <laughs> both teams still fighting for a wild card spot. You know what? 
I'm gonna go Dallas over Seattle here. Mm. Mm. If Dallas had a pass rush, I would take Dallas. But they don't. But any team can have a pass rush against that offensive line. You're right, but it, it makes a difference when you have a great pass rush against a terrible offensive line opposed to just an average pass rush against a terrible it's, offensive it's, line. Because Russell Wilson will find ways to make plays. Yeah, it's no pass rush versus no protection. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, like, either way. But I think I think the Dallas Cowboys pull this one out. I think, I think it's going to be the Zeke Elliott show. He's going to come back and he's going to have the chip on his shoulder after his suspen- serving a suspension. And, I mean, all the infighting with the Seattle Seahawks over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we saw uh, Seattle Seahawk try to make it into the stands after a fan threw, uh, threw something at him. Did you see that? Yeah. That was pretty awful. Almost went malice in the palace on him. Yeah. I would have liked to see that happen, honestly. You should. You got to get... Me, personally, I know we're getting off, tra- off topic, but I thought he should have been fined at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't... You can't let a football player be on the verge of going in the stands and knocking somebody out, but see, and not and just not even give him a fine, just to like reiterate, dude, that's not okay. Yeah, no. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're throwing shit at you because you're supposed to be the bigger man. You're supposed to be the, ro- you're the role model athlete. You're the professional. You're there to do a job. You're not there to get emotional and fight fans. Let me ask you something though, Alex. If somebody walked into your job and started hurling shit at you, would you get up and punch them in the face? No, I tell them to leave. And if they didn't leave, I would get security because that's how that works. They're fans. You don't go up there and punch them in the face because they threw a Gatorade bottle at you. I don't know. I mean, if you somebody... say, "Hey, that's the guy. Take him out of here." I mean, you're gonna do more that way. If you punch him, you're doing more of a detriment to yourself than you are for that guy. Mm. That guy gets his face on TV. He probably gets a lawsuit out of it. He probably gets a lot season tickets money. or whatever. A you kick him out. Money. He misses the game. He he's pissed off and he looks like an asshole. Yeah, I mean, but say if, say if somebody I don't work at Seasons anymore, but if somebody came into Seasons just started throwing shit at me, we don't have security or anything like that. We don't have anybody that would forcibly kick this person out. I mean, I'd probably throw down. I'm a pretty. You're also not paid millions of dollars to play a game. Though. Yeah, I'm I'm paid three seventy five an hour to go serve right. drinks and, and I know I, I heard people were yelling racial slurs at him and I can get how you can get emotional about it. About yeah, I that. can too. But still, you're a professional. But, you got to act the part. But outside of that situation with Seattle, I know we're still getting a little bit off topic. But we have uh, there was um, the whole exchange between Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas. We got a little bit of infighting going on with the Seattle Seahawks right now. I mean, does Pete Carroll have anything to worry about right now? I don't know. I mean, they no. they just got fined a hundred thousand dollars for violating the concussion protocol. You're right. So they got they got problems all around. Yeah, it's it's not looking good for the Seattle Seahawks right now. And uh, but I'm going Russell with Wilson Dallas. is the bright spot on that team. The only MVP spot candidate. Yes, for real. Absolutely, he is the MVP. In your him, eyes, him or Antonio Brown should get MVP if, for what they've done. If Wentz was still healthy, it would be easily Wentz. Sure, I would still give Carson Wentz the MVP. I mean, no, no, no quarterback this season has been able to touch what he's been doing. He he got injured with three games left on the on the docket, and he had thrown thirty three touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Yeah, I think that is also going to be pending the success of Nick Foles, because Nick Foles. Yeah, if Nick Foles comes games, out and throws another four touchdowns, then if he can go out there and win games, you could argue shows, the system. Yeah, it's the system. Nick Foles fits that system well. Carson Wentz, maybe he just fits that system really well. We also went through this with Nick Foles a couple years ago, and Carson Wentz might not might be. The Nick Foles of 2013, when he had what, like 22 yeah. touchdown passes and three interceptions. 27 to two. Or, yeah, I that's think. what it was. 27 to two. And the next year he fell flat. So we don't know. I mean, Carson Wentz clearly looks like 
the real deal. He passes the eye mm-hmm. test. Anyways, moving on. All right, we have Pittsburgh at Houston Monday Night Football, Christmas Day Football. I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Um, there's no team better in the AFC than Pittsburgh and New England. So I will also go with the Berg here. I got nothing to say yeah, about that. Yeah, that's one. easy. Houston's done. They're ravaged yeah. by injury. Yeah, they are. And Desha- losing to Sean Watson and J.J. Watt killed them. They would be in contention for the AFC South had they not been hurt. So, uh, joining us right now, we got uh, host, or co-host of the Co- Scott and Jeremy show on 105.7 The Fan, Jeremy Kahn with us. What's going on, Jer? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> we got, we got uh, your pal Alex Woodward here with us tonight, too. Oh, very nice. What's up, stranger? <laughs> what's up, man? Not much. How was the, how was the game? Uh, we, we lost. Started on spot him a 10-point lead and then uh, came back, cut it to four, but it was... Uh, a little too late. They pulled away eventually. Uh, but it was a, a very, very winnable game. It was an ugly game from our kids' standpoint. Right. Uh, so I'll kick things off right here. Uh, I haven't heard much about Manny Machado besides when I left the station about, you know, rumors were saying that he might not be getting traded or anything. Uh, just reiterate to new listeners, you know, your take on what, what you think the Orioles should do with Manny. Well, I mean, I, obviously if they, can't, um, if they can't afford to sign him, then you have to trade them. And, and you know, that's something they know inside uh, the warehouse and uh, the powers that be. But, again, I'm not one of these guys. It's not like – so people get upset saying, oh, you got to trade them, got to trade them. But what's being offered back? That's what, That's my big issue, and that's what we don't know. So it has to be It has to be something that the, the Orioles are willing to make a move on to get some sort of value back. I mean, if you're getting some scraps, then what's the point? Uh, you know, the Orioles can play it out this year, see if they make a run. See if some team is interested at the all-star break, uh, you know, near the trading deadline, and Manny could put them over the top. Maybe you rake them over the fire, you know, a little bit and, and try to get more back. Um, I, I think what they're doing is fine, but, uh, you know, fans are obviously upset because they haven't made a move. So did you catch anything that Adam Jones said uh, earlier this week where he was saying, you know, he's got one year left on his contract? And basically, you know, from what I got out of his replies on that thread was, He's preparing for a departure from Baltimore. He doesn't really seem to like where the, the organization is going. Well, I think, um, you know, and, and if you're in his shoes, I think a lot of people would feel the same way. Uh, yeah. You know, that, uh, you know, they, it, people would, you can obviously look at it after the fact and say they shouldn't have spent money on Chris Davis. They shouldn't have spent money on Darren O'Day. I mean, obviously, the one thing that I screamed about years ago was going out and signing Andrew Miller. Uh, and they obviously let him walk after trading away one of their better pitching pro- uh, prospects in Eduardo Rodriguez. But, but all of that aside, like it's it's not even about you know where you're going to spend your money. It's like what's what's the goal of the organization? Because you know if they're going to trade away pieces, then why not blow it up and then restart the thing if that's what you think you have to do? You've got some pitchers under control and and Bundy and Dalton, but mm-hmm. you know obviously things things need to be better. They, they just the fact that they're not involved in international signings doesn't make any sense. Um, and, you know, like, I, I've been saying this, too. Like, I understand people saying we can't afford to pay $300 million. Well, realistically, you're talking about, you know, if you went $300 million for whatever it is, seven years or ten years, let's say ten years because it's easy, if you can do $30 million, I mean, you can figure out how to do your budget. You just knocked a bunch of crap off the books in Nuvaldo and a handful of other players. So, um, you know, to try to keep your stud. But if they know without a shadow of a doubt that they can't sign them, they have to trade them at some point. Or let him walk at the end of the year for a second and fifth, which doesn't seem like fair value either. Yeah, Jared, uh, this is it's, it's pretty crazy what's going on right now. And last year, 
with even with mediocre pitching, the Orioles could have made it to the postseason. But they didn't have mediocre pitching; they had terrible pitching. Now, if they were able to get a haul for Manny Machado, it would really increase the competitiveness and probably the win chances of this team. And I mean, how what what kind of haul do you think they could get for Manny? Well, it all depends. I mean, it's got to be right fit, right year, everything. You know, like they they were talking about the Jason Hayward deal when Atlanta traded him and got Shelby Miller from the Cardinals, and that was a similar thing. Hayward had one year left on a deal. We all know the history there. The Cubs end up signing Hayward away to a big contract, and he hasn't lived up to the potential with the Cubs when they paid him. But, excuse me, all that aside, you, you, have, to, you have to look at, you know, who's out there and what they're willing to offer. And I, I think it's stupid if the Orioles say, well, we won't trade him to the Yankees and we won't make moves with the Nats just because. It's dumb. If somebody offers the best offer... And do it. The guy's got one year left. There's no guarantee that he doesn't even end up on those teams, you know, regardless. But, but I, you know, the the haul that they're trying to get for him, because everybody's like, can it make our team better this year? Well, I don't know who's offering up major league-ready pitchers to come in that can help fill out your rotation, because they asked for two starters. Like, some of the rumors I heard were double-A pitchers and even triple-A pitchers that aren't going to be ready for a few months, uh, maybe towards the end of the year. So that's not helping you right away. So, you know, if you, if you have to move them, go get what you can, get the best offer. But uh, at the same extent, like I, I still, I still don't have a problem if they're not trading them right now because they're not getting the offers they want. Right, and uh, I haven't really seen anything as far as you know reported offers. It's just you know this team is interested, that team's interested. But Rockabaca wrote this morning. It's the only offer I've really seen where it seems like a real offer. Uh, apparently, the Cubs discussed a trade with Manny. Uh, they offered Addison Russell, center fielder. Albert Almora Jr. and uh, Mike Montgomery. He's a left-hander, so obviously that helps the O's. But it's only one pitcher in that deal. Uh, like you said earlier, what are you getting back? I don't think that's enough. I mean, Russell's a, a, a you know possible all-star shortstop, shortstop, and he can obviously fill the spot on defense. But, uh, I mean, if that's the type of offers they're getting, I'm with you. I mean, are you really going to trade him right now just to get rid of him? Yeah, but I think that offer is really good, actually. You know, I, I don't think the world of Mike Montgomery. I mean, he's a tinkerballer, left-hander, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he's a guy that they use out of the bullpen. He's still fairly young, and uh, I think he's got like four years on the deal or something. Albert Moore Jr. is another, you know, solid defensive guy. Um, he'd like to see more of his stick, but he doesn't get a chance to play, you know, every day. Um, and I don't even know that he'd get that chance here either with Adam Jones, but maybe that's the guy you're looking at down the line or another piece you can trade. Um, after making a deal, but uh, you know Addison Russell's a he was a top prospect with the A's before he was traded to the Cubs, and you know he's taken off with them. So I mean that's a solid piece you're getting back in return to have under control for a couple of years. So uh, I like I think that deal makes sense if that's the deal that they want to go do. But <laughs> there's been no indication of that, and um, I don't know. I just you know I'm not as a fan. I'm not feeling it from the front office or have confidence something gets done or at least something good gets done. I, I've been saying it all along that I think he ends up riding out the entire season and we get a second and fifth one. I said that last year. Yeah, I, it's starting to feel that way for me, too. And, uh, I mean, there's possibilities of a trade towards the All-Star break, you know, get a get a desperate team that wants Manny Machado. But in my opinion, obviously Manny's a transcendental type of player, but at the deadline, they're probably more teams are looking for that you know Andrew Miller type guy, a Rodas Chapman, somebody that can come in and dominate a game. Manny can dominate a game throughout the game, but you can't just bring him in and instantly have an impact. Uh, well, so I, I, mean, I just don't know I mean, if, I mean, if they're that can. desperate. I, if you go back to last year, it's what the Diamondbacks did with JD Martinez. 
they gave up some good prospects for J.D. Martinez, whose contract was running, you know, out. And, you know, the, the Diamondbacks weren't, I don't know that they necessarily had plans to re-sign him, and he blew up out there. But I, I think, you know, I, I still think you can get something of value at the trade deadline. It's just you have to have the right dance partner. All right, Jared, one more question for you before we let you go. Um, we On the Zach Britton front, for for those who don't know, Zach Britton ruptured his Achilles, and uh, what what are you thinking the Orioles should do in this scenario? Because there are a lot of people out there that are saying that the Orioles should just get rid of him because they don't want the twelve million dollar uh, hit to their salary, and then they uh, there are the people who are saying, well, we shouldn't let him go because you don't want him playing like he did two years ago for someone else. But how realistic is that scenario when he's coming off a ruptured Achilles? Yeah, I mean. Like financially, if they cut him, they end up paying him two million, and they save ten million. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that's pretty petty. Uh, and I, for me personally, it's not my money, so it's easy to say that. But um, for me personally, I'd rather he's been great with the organization, and I do think now there's a chance to even sign him with an incentive late deal uh, to come back and prove it, even if it's for a year or whatever. And and you know, keeping him on the roster, if something should happen, and he comes back and he's healthy. I mean, the timeline's matching up right around that trade deadline. If he came back and he was fine, maybe you could move him then. Um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm keeping him. I'm holding on to him, which it may, may not be the popular opinion, but I do think there's that chance to possibly sign him on the cheap. And you know, look, with, with the advances in medicine now, like this isn't, a, this isn't a death sentence for a baseball player or any athlete, for that matter, to rupture or tear an Achilles. Um, we've seen plenty of guys come back. Hell, Terrell Suggs has done it twice. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think there's any reason to think he can't come back. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's his right foot, so it's his landing foot, not the one he pushes off. Uh, but one last thing, uh, Dan, Dan Levitard on his show uh, in Miami yesterday, he had uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred on there. I don't know if you caught that or anything, but he got pretty heated on there, and uh, Manfred kind of got caught in a lie about you know his knowledge of what Jeter and the owners were going to do with Miami and everything. And he essentially said it's okay for teams to tank in Major League Baseball. Me personally, I think that relates to the Orioles. And, you know, he was talking about mid-market teams and, oh, it works for the Astros so everyone else can do it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily what the commissioner of baseball should be telling everybody. I mean, it's one thing for a fan, but the commissioner shouldn't be admitting that teams are tanking on purpose. But, I, you know, I love when, when they say this. It, it, it worked for the Astros. And everybody loves to point it out when, you know, the one team that goes and uh, how's it work for the Rays? I mean, they had their one uh, World Series appearance. How's it been for them? I mean, they've been, you know, they, they haven't gotten back to where they'd like to be. What about the Phillies when they blew it up years ago? Yeah. I mean, are we now finally starting to see them put it together? How about the White Sox? They blew it up. Are they, I mean, how many years is it going to take for them to finally get it together? And hey, look, I mean, it's the one thing that's wrong with, uh, with baseball, in my opinion. I wish there was a salary cap and it was a level playing field. It's not. So you can't tell me there's, there's a huge difference in, in a team like, and this isn't sour grapes, it's facts. There's a huge difference in the Yankees being able to say, "All right, we can get to 197 million, uh, and that's where we're going to we're going to cap it." But at the midway mark, if they want to add a piece and run for a World Series, okay, we'll we'll pay the um, you know the tax prices for going over the salary cap, and uh, and we'll pay that luxury tax. And it's like, I mean, it's it's BS. The Dodgers, the Cubs, um, the Giants are now in that mix. Uh, you know, you've got the Red, Red Sox. Sox. There's so many teams that can do it now, and it doesn't. It doesn't create a level playing field like it would in any other sport. All right, Jeremy Kahn, of, host of the Scott and Jeremy Show on 105.7 The Fan. You can go and catch him weeknights or week or weekdays with Alex Woodward from 2 until 6? 
Six. Two, two until yes. six. Okay. Two until six. <laughs> All right. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Go Redskins, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I had to part with that shot, too. <laughs> he did. That he was did. that was so sarcastic. That was not a real go Redskins. <laughs> Anyway, Thanks for that, Jer Bear. I think we were mi- we were missing one game on the docket, though. Rangers, Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. All right, so we're good. That brings us to the end of our show, and you know what? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. No anyway, one else is gonna sing. I don't care. I did it. <laughs> that was that was my thing for the end of the not, show. Not gonna get me to join. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for everybody who tuned in. Uh, glad we've been able to bring this to you for a year. Alex, here's to many more episodes with you on it. Yeah, Trevor, here's to many more episodes with you and me just balling out. And happy holidays to everybody out there. We wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, wherever you are. Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Ho, ho, ho. Green Giant? No. <laughs> See ya.